Welcome to the Gospel According to with Ryan and Mike, a conversation designed to explore what makes the gospel good news in various books and topics of the Bible. Okay, so Mike, in this season, we are talking about the kingdom of God. Let's do a real quick recap. Why does the kingdom of God matter? The kingdom of God is the central and unifying theme of all scripture. If we want to understand who God is and what his purpose is in the world and our place in that purpose and Christ's place in that purpose, we have to understand through the lens of kingdom. Sure. What then is the kingdom? The kingdom, as we see from the very beginning of scripture, is the idea of God's reigning. He is the king, the high king over heaven and earth, and he appoints humanity to rule the earth as his representatives. And that's how the story ends, right? Yeah. (laughs) How nice, how lovely that would be. I mean, there's so much potential and so much opportunity when he says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and take it farther. Um, But alas, that is not how it goes. Yeah, the yeah the Bible would end in Genesis two if that's all that ever happened. Rather, as we enter Genesis three, we're actually going to see a competing kingdom come into the story, and this is the tragedy: is the Bible is not only the story of the kingdom of God, but there's another kingdom that becomes involved. Take us through this. Yeah, well, to say it very succinctly, I'd say this from the beginning. We'll see the story as as the story goes on, humanity rebels against God and the earth comes under the rule of powers of evil, right? And so from the the maybe familiar story to to many of our listeners, when when the serpent deceives and tempts the the first humans, um, that rebellion against God um, opened up the floodgate and, and the door wide open for sin and death. Uh, Satan himself to to gain power over over the world, where Jesus would say uh, the ruler of this world will be cast down. Right? We see these powers of evil have come to have rule and dominion over the earth that God had granted to humanity. Absolutely. Let, let me just read from the text in Genesis three, verse one. Yes, please. Yeah. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that Yahweh God had made. He said to the woman. Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So the woman saw the tree was good for food, that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. For years, I have wondered, how in the world could the horrors of sin be introduced through the eating of a fruit? I mean, seriously, mm-hmm. I, I I didn't think this was a substantive enough narrative mm-hmm. to really make sense of all of the tragedies and horrors that sin has now brought about. Mm-hmm. But how is it? How would you explain the yeah. entrance of the kingdom of sin through this text? I think 
you, you see it in this dialogue between the serpent and the woman, because what he starts to do is uh, essentially discredit God, uh, sh- throw shade on God's character, um, and 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 ultimately turn the 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 woman's and and ultimately Adam's allegiance from God Himself uh, to then pursue this glory, this honor, this status, this this advancement, right? So God creates humanity and that wasn't a static thing. It was, it was this commission to rule the earth and, and to, to advance God's purpose in creation and take it farther. So there was this, always this forward movement, but now the, 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 what's set in front of her is to do this, but to do it apart from God. Right. And it's that, it's that little shift then that we see, uh, maybe pursuing some of the same things on the surface, but ultimately to do it apart from God. And it's that separation, that divorce, that schism where humanity rebels against God himself, the source of life and goodness and beauty and grace and love that opens up all this. Yeah. The way you said that, Mike, was very wise. I, for a long time, misunderstood the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Mm. I don't know where I got this idea, but I had assumed the tree of knowledge and good and evil was a bad thing Mm. that God had just put in the garden to tempt them. Mm -hmm. But if you look back to Genesis chapter two, verse nine, out of the ground that Yahweh God had made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. That word there, good is the exact same word used over and over in Genesis one. God created, it was good. God created, it was good. Notice this, every tree, every tree that God made was good. Yeah. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Yeah. Whereas Adam names the animals, God names the tree. Mm -hmm. God created the tree and it was good. Mm -hmm. But God had said in chapter two, verse 15 through 17, don't take of it. Don't take of it. Mm -hmm. Now, if you look at this tempters temptation in Genesis three, He is actually wanting them to take of this fruit. He's wanting them to go to the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which was a good thing, and take of it. Well, why was that a bad thing? If you look over to the commentary a bit later in Genesis 3, verse 22, behold, the man had become like one of us, God said, in knowing good and evil, lest he also reach out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Work backward here. We know the tree of life is a good thing, yeah. but God does not want humanity to take of it. Mm-hmm. Likewise, the tree of knowledge of good and evil was a good thing, but humanity was not to take of it. Mm-hmm. I think the original sin was in Adam and Eve's aspiring to God-likeness. Mm-hmm. They saw that not as a gift for God to grant. Mm-hmm but as a thing for them to take. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And in taking, they cut themselves off from God as the life source. Mm -hmm. And that has then been the sad history of humanity ever onward. Yeah, absolutely. We have tried to take life, Mm -hmm. meaning whatever we may call it into our own hands. But in doing so, we merely look into the world where there is no source of eternal life, cutting ourselves off from God. Yeah. And this then becomes the door that opens up the floodgates of sin and death into God's good creation. 
Absolutely. And this tempter then is going to bring sin and death into every crevice of God's good creation from this point onward. Absolutely. You know, and it's, it, it, it's that same move, that fundamental turning from God that, as you said, taking rather than receiving, you know, you can take anything throughout scripture, throughout life. And, and, and it's the same move that opens up the problems. Even, even the story of, of Babel, right? What did they do? They desired to make a name for themselves. Well, what's the problem? The problem is not having a great name, receiving honor or whatever, but it's taking it rather than receiving it from God. And the very next story, what's God promise Abraham? A great name. What's God promise King David? A great name. Oh, that's name. beautiful. I never you noticed know? that. Oh, that's and, good. And, and, yeah. And, and so, so again, it's the same move again, right? That that yeah. taking apart from God rather than receiving from him and, and doing it with him. And this and this is where the kingdom of God is all about grace. It's about yeah. giving from Love. the beginning. Yeah. The kingdom of God has been about grace, but the kingdom of sin is all about taking, yes. taking for its own destruction. It's interesting to me that the serpent is cursed to be on his belly. Why mm. the belly? The belly is never full. The belly yeah. is greedy and hungry and mm-hmm. devours everything that it touches. Mm-hmm. As you get to Genesis four, the tragedy continues. Cain kills his brother and the Lord says to him in verse six, why are you angry and why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. Now there's another dominion that has entered God's good creation. Mm-hmm. The good order was God sharing his authority with humanity on earth and humanity then exercising dominion over the beast and everything else on the earth. Yeah. But now another power has come in. Yeah. Humanity is not merely exercising rule and dominion over the earth, but now the beast and sin are exercising rule and dominion over humanity. Yes. What's the twofold story of the Bible from this point onward. We're going to see this, this continual narrative of rebellion, right? Humanity's persistence in rebellion is against God, this demonic rebellion against God, these, these the demonic kingdoms, right? S- powers of evil, sin and death, Satan, all these, all these powers in rebellion against God. And yet God working to restore even in, even in Genesis three, the, the promise with the curse that of this seed of woman that would crush the head of the serpent. Right. And so this, that God is at work, even in the midst of this rebellion, uh, engaging humanity, working through the agency of humanity um, to carry forth his purpose and restore, not just what we see in Genesis one, but where Genesis one was already always pointing towards, right? Not, it's not just a return to Eden, but it's a return to where Eden was headed. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Let's go to Romans five. I think that in the new Testament, Romans five is as powerful of a text to explain this as anywhere. And before I read from this text, Mike, I want to go back to what you just said. You gave me this easy way to remember this. And you just said this, the dual story of the Bible is rebellion against the kingdom of God yeah. and restoration of the kingdom. Yes. 
rebellion and restoration is that mm-hmm. twofold narrative that always works throughout the scripture. Yes. You see it begin in Genesis 3 of rebellion. But even in Genesis 3, there are hints of God working to restore the yes. good order of Genesis mm-hmm. 1. Yes. Let's look at Romans 5. Let's look at Romans 5. This is about Adam's trespass. And the Apostle Paul says in Romans 5, verse 12, therefore, just as sin, mm-hmm. okay, notice the singular there, sin yeah. as a power, as a destructive, bestial, beast-like force, sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. Is this the story of rebellion or is this the story of restoration? There is a story of rebellion. And yet, read verse 15 for me. Yeah. But the free gift, the free gift is not like the transgression. For if by the transgression of the one, the many died, much more did the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus, the anointed one, abound to the many. Yeah. Again, notice what God has done. Mm -hmm. Rebellion entered into God's good world by taking Mm -hmm. that which it should not have had, trying to take upon itself Mm godlikeness. And yet now God is restoring the kingdom. God is even restoring humanity to right relationship with God Mm -hmm. through grace. Yes. Through the giving of the son of God restoration has come. Mm-hmm. Now, this is cool. Yeah. Look at verse 17. For if by the transgression of the one, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus, the anointed one. So here, death reigned because of the trespass. Righteousness may reign through grace who reigns a king right yeah Mm -hmm. and this word in greek is actually the verbal form of the word kingdom Mm -hmm. here you have death reigning Mm -hmm. in rebellion against god and yet the grace of god reigning toward restoration of the kingdom So let's have another R in here. It's reign for the sake of rebellion or reign for the sake of restoration. Mm -hmm. Look at verse 21. It comes back. Yeah. So that is, I was hoping you were going to comment on this first, by the way. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace would reign through righteousness to the life of the ages through Jesus, the anointed, our Lord. I need a whiteboard to show this. Yeah. (laughs) Notice the pattern here. Sin reigned in death. Mm-hmm. Everywhere the serpent touched, death was going to follow. Rebellion cuts us off from the eternal life of God leading to death. Sin and death have reigned. But now grace may reign. The restoration of the kingdom. God's grace may reign. How? Through righteousness. We'll have another whole nother conversation about that word and all the different nuances of that word. So I'm not going to go there now, but grace may reign through righteousness, therefore leading to eternal life 
through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Those prepositions are so rich there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this is the story of the whole Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We rebelled. God restored. Yeah. We tried to take. God restored. Mm-hmm. We took. God gave. That is the heavenly nature of God's kingdom. And I want to go back to this for a second, Mike, because again, I've struggled with this kingdom concept for a long time, but earthly kingdoms are all about taking. Yeah. God's original purpose in Genesis one was about a kingdom based on giving. Mm -hmm. And now we even work it forward to the redemption in Christ, the restoration of the rebellious was even brought about through giving Mm -hmm. the kingdom of heaven is not like any kingdom. This world has ever experienced, right? It is only in the grace of God. Absolutely. One, one other sort of like image imagey narrative way of kind of seeing that same story that we talked about. If God created humanity to rule as his Royal children, right. In rebelling against God, we became slaves of other powers right. and God's bringing us. So we went from sonship to slavery. And now from that slavery, we see redemption and rescue and restoration of that place, that, that relationship and that vocation of being the Royal children of God um, in the Messiah, Jesus. So let's go back to our three questions. Ashley at the beginning. Okay. Why talk about the kingdom? Because the kingdom is the central and unifying theme of all scripture and the gospel itself. What is the kingdom? The kingdom is about the reign of God. God is the high king over heaven and earth, and he appointed humanity to rule the earth as his representatives. And so the kingdom is about God's reign in the Messiah over and through his people. What then happens to the kingdom? Humanity rebels against God, and the earth comes under the rule of the powers of evil. And yet, what is the good news? God reigns. He restores that reign, and he'll do it in Jesus, and he'll do it for us. And we have to close by grace. The kingdom began with grace. Rebellion was initiated by the refusal of grace, and it is restored by grace. So that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Can't say it any better than that. Thanks for listening to the Gospel According to Podcast. If you have any questions about what you heard today, please send us a voice message. We would really love to hear from you. Make sure you follow us on social media, subscribe, and click the bell to get notified when we drop a new episode. Until next time, and for all time, your God reigns.